0: You're listening to a podcast from Seven O
1: Two. In this hour, we're going to be talking about uh, civil, si- sibling sibling rivalry. It's a phenomenon that has been around since the beginning of the idea of family and siblings. It's been around forever. Uh, that toxic, fervent rivalry between people that shared a womb, folks. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to be speaking about it in a few moments time with Dr. Jenny Rose, who's a clinical psychologist and parent child expert. But do you have some tensions between yourself, your brother and your sister? Uh, what was the cause? What is the process that you are following to try and, and do away with the tension, the antagonism, the anger, the, the fighting? Yeah. How's it, how's it affecting the rest of your family? How's it affecting your parents? How's it affecting your families, your respective families? Sibling rivalry, the toxicity of it all. That's what we're going to talk about. 11 883 And usually, I would wager, it is precisely because people love each other that their anger towards each other is so fervent. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, are you in a sibling rivalry reality at the moment? How are you dealing with it? And perhaps you could give us a call, give us some commentary, ask a question with Dr. Jenny Rose straight after this.
2: 702. Family
3: Matters.
1: This is the Clement Magnatella Show. My name is Aubrey Masang. I'll be with you until midday. Give us a call on 011 883 as we speak of civil, I mean, sibling rivalry. Yeah, sometimes it does feel like civil rivalry, yeah? sibling rivalry give us a call dr jenny rose is my guest dr jenny thank you so much for joining us i appreciate your time talk to us about sibling rivalry why does it occur and why is it that it's so fervent in other words why does it last so long and why is it so intense and toxic uh,
3: good morning and thank you so much for having me i'm very happy to be here much appreciate I- a very interesting topic. I think we could chat about it for ages, and I'm keen to hear the thoughts of your listeners in this regard. But I think, you know, when we're understanding sibling rivalry, we need to think about it in the context of upbringing and as young kids in the home. And so the first thing that I always say to parents is to think about what your expectation is of your kids and their sibling relationships. Because, firstly, we often make the mistake of expecting this sort of glamorous picture, I always experience of these children holding hands sort of frolicking over to the horizon with rainbows and shooting stars and all wonderful things. and the reality is so vastly different from yeah. that picture and what often happens is then we feel like there's something wrong or we feel guilty or we feel like we aren't doing what we should be doing because our siblings should be best friends and they should be getting on twenty four seven. But if we just think about that realistically in in life, that's not an accurate reflection of any relationship that exists in our lives, even as adults. If we think of relationships with our partners who are sort of the closest relationships that we have, there's always time that you experience frustration in this relationship. There's time where you feel like you want to be a little bit on your own to process. There's time where... You um, can recognize your irritability with that person. And obviously, as long as the behavior isn't um, unwarranted or inappropriate, these are all okay feelings to have. Yet, when we think about siblings, we often give them a sort of different description. It's like we don't allow the space to feel frustration or irritability um, within that relationship. So, I think the first error that we make as parents is that we go into this idea of sibling relationships expecting perfection and expecting serious compliance. We expect our kids to get along 24 7, and we really struggle when they don't. And I think parents need to reflect about whether or not this is an accurate representation of what relationships are like out in the real world. And then, if we look a little bit closely to sibling relationships, obviously they are going to be a lot more heightened than any other relationships because they have a number of factors that other relationships don't have. Mm. The one is that they are together 24-7 when you're growing up. you're with that person, you are in your personal space, you
4: um,
3: are sharing sometimes bedrooms, bathrooms. It's a very intimate relationship that not a lot of people have privy to. And so there's quite a close sense of boundaries and that sort of thing that are often... Um, sort of uh, activated or triggered within the relationship. Then there's the second dynamic of parents pleading and competition between siblings in order to gain a response from parents. And now again, this is one where parents should be more thoughtful and reflective about because we need to think about what is it that we are communicating to our kids. Are we expecting them to compete? Are we praising the one who excels in one area the most, Mm. or one that has greater success in one area? And are we actually breeding this rivalry or this competition or competitiveness amongst the siblings? And so I think for me, a lot of sibling relationships and understanding sibling relationships is not so much about the siblings themselves, but actually about the parents and the dynamic that was bred between the siblings and the home environment and those type of factors.
1: Give us a call double one eight eight three oh seven oh two as I speak to Doctor Jenny Rose, clinical psychologist and parent child expert. Sibling rivalry. Is there a is there a toxicity there between yourself, your brother and sister or sister that was perhaps created by the inadvertent desire of parents trying to praise and therefore encourage and inspire the other brother or sister to do likewise? Has it created an abiding sense of rivalry between the siblings? Has there been a situation when you where you've been able to overcome it? What are some of the reasons why you feel this anger towards your massacre? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. Double one eight eight three zero seven zero two. Betrayal is often a very, very big one, Doctor Rose, um, between between siblings, where where somebody feels, but you of all people, you of all people, I'm, I, I can take it from other people, but I can't take it from you. And it goes to the question that I've been asking about the fervor, the intensity of the heat of the anger and the toxicity seems to be seems to be off the charts when it comes to uh, siblings, yeah?
3: Yeah, I mean I think there is definitely an element of that involved and I think that comes down to this idea of loyalty. That we feel a sense of loyalty and we expect loyalty within our family relationships. And the the reason siblings feel like they deserve this loyalty is because If we think about the hierarchy of our families and the structure of our families, in a traditional home, the parents are on one sort of level of hierarchy and the siblings are on a different level. Mm. And so in the everyday playing out of just living and, you know, how this goes on for years and years, siblings are on the same level in terms of that hierarchy. And so when we think about loyalty, the place that there should be the most loyalty is within your own hierarchy. It's kind of like, think of your own um, environment at work. It's often the people that are on a similar position to you that you are kind of connecting with that feel loyal, loyalty to rather than necessarily someone above you or below you. And not to say that you don't have that, but there's a strong sense of commitment to sort of your people. And that's what it is for siblings, is there's this sense of we're all in the same position you know, we are all subject to whatever it might be, mom's fury or frustration or irritability or dad's expectations on us or whatever it might be, but we are all subject to that same thing. And so there's already this unwritten kind of idea of extreme loyalty that exists between siblings. And so when that doesn't go according to plan or when that isn't as present as one would hope, people are often left feeling very betrayed. And that's where that anger sort of brews and, and breeds a great deal because they feel like they are deserving of this and it's something that they then lose out on. Jealousy? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And this is exactly what I say about um, the expectations of the parents. We Again, parents make the mistake often of giving very conditional acceptance or love um, two children. And that means there's a condition for them to get approval or nurturance or love. When they do X, Y will follow. And so we start to then realize and, and believe that they we need to behave in a certain way in order to achieve mom or dad's approval. And then we see that in the sibling relationships. We see when, oh, my brother came home with a report with, you know, excellent grades that he got a lot more praise and a lot more attention from, from the parents and so that's where you breed jealousy is often where praise and acceptance and nurturance and love become the conditional element in the home and not something that is unconditional given to all the children regardless of the outcomes that they achieve or the, the successes that they reach and rather just is about who they are as people and so that's where we really are sort of changing the um, in our parenting understandings and our parenting endeavors, that we are starting to realize the implications of parenting in this way and how that does often push jealousy or anger or bitterness and how we can encourage parents to parent in a way that rather encourages um, a more individualistic kind of reflection on their role in the family and not as comparative and competitive as it maybe has been in the past.
1: All right, give me a call, 11 double one eight eight three zero seven zero two. Are you in a situation where there's a sibling rivalry? How did it happen? Have you had time to reflect on your own feelings, um, why you have the feelings that you do? Have you looked at your brother or sister in a particular way? Yeah. Uh, and what were the reasons for it? I'd love to take your calls on o double one eight eight three oh seven oh two with dr Jenny rose um and and parents, please give me a call. Are you listening to this conversation and thinking who maybe who maybe i've I facilitated the civil ri- sibling rivalry between my children give me a call I'd love to hear from you Let's take a call from John in Kempton Park. Hi, John.
0: Oh, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. What's on your
0: mind, John? Listen, Aubrey, I agree with everything that the doctor has said of the psychologist. Yeah. But I just want to bring the other African dimension to it, you know? Yeah. Um I've got three sisters. I'm married, my brother is married. Sometimes when their children clash, our children we also get affected some one way or another mm. and then uh, my sister I love my wife very well then my sister once commented that no she has given you Corobella that's why you don't care about us you look after
4: her <laughs> Corobella yeah, yeah.
0: okay <laughs> you, you know you know uh, Obriwena, yeah. what yeah. I mean yeah. yeah so then I said if my and she's divorced and then and then I said to her if my wife gave me corobella, why don't you talk to her so that uh, you get a piece of corobella? When you get the next <laughs> husband, you give it so that you. Then we don't talk from there. We don't you know talk yeah. to each other. Yeah. You told the other sister and the other sister listen. You know all those things. Then and 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 then the other one said, No, your your your, 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 your elder sister is a witch. Then the children get it. You know, all those other mm, things. But mm. but in, in the main, we deal with this very well. Yeah. When we gather as family, we try to, you know, especially when there's death among the family, we get along. After that, then the, 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 the rivalry starts oh, again. Oh, my word. Oh, and, oh my but word. But we, we, we live nicely. Yeah. You can cope with it as you grow older. And I said to the other one, I said, if my sister is a witch, it means me, I'm a witch also then 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 you, you understand yeah, yeah, it goes yeah. and, and it will never end it, no
1: it, I, I hear it's the you same John. In
0: many families no of same. course
1: of course and, and really the conversation here is to say is it possible that we can do away with it is it possible that we can have relationships between siblings that are uh, characterized by cooperation, love and understanding. Um, yep. instead of just accepting that it is the same way in every family. Uh, but John in Kempton Park, thanks very much for your call. Yeah. Corobela is what, uh, is known as the love potion. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, Dr. Rose, it's a love potion. Um, uh, that one, one spouse or one person in a relationship will give the other so that they focus purely on that person it's 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 a way that is understood to be sort of the use of witchcraft to yeah. uh to make somebody just focus on you uh but i i imagine that is not a uniquely african thing uh, i'm not just talking about the love potion thing but the the idea that somebody has somehow bewitched somebody into focusing on you and you alone to the neglect of other members of the family, and that's why there's this rivalry. I don't know how African it is, uh, or quintessentially African it is, because I see it in other cultures too. Uh, It's just maybe the Korobela word is maybe uh, unique to us, but but that phenomenon is not unique, right?
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, what really sort of hit the nail on the head for me with John was almost around the resolution of it. And he spoke about how whenever they would they actually see each other, the relationships are good and they get on well and then they kind of part ways and then all these sort of rumours yeah. and stories start start brewing again. And I think this is really such a key aspect of relationships in general. And we have to realise that it's the connection, it's actually engaging, it's being present that are the things that are going to contribute towards developing to that kind of healthier relationship. Like you said, you know, is it possible to have good sibling relationships? Absolutely. In fact, you know, my, my gut tells me that that's far more the norm, that we get there eventually, that a lot of the time our relationships are characterized by a wobbly sort of obstacle driven path, but that ultimately ultimately, The the reflection of the sibling relationships is that in their entirety they are quite good by the end of the day. But that is achieved through kind of communication and connection and being present with one another. And you can clearly see even in this example how when they are together, a lot of the struggles and frustrations and jealousy and, and stories and all those kinds of things fall by the wayside. And they're able to engage and connect as a family and as siblings. And then the minute they move away from that again, that's where they enter into troublesome times of their relationship.
1: So I want to take a quick call.
3: Elements.
1: Yeah. I want to take a quick call from Makosonge in uh, Jablani before we take the news. Makosonge,
4: Yes, Rob, can you just... Um,
1: yeah, go ahead, brother. What, what, what uh, is uh, on
4: your mind? Yeah, um, with my late sister, the rivalry actually started when um, and the children grew up children grow up um, they were staying uh, uh, in my mom's house so um but the thing is it's not that the children were the problem it's just that there was not a value system that was created to mitigate that um that when they, um, when they grow up this is this is the type of identity that we have as a family in terms of how we do things yeah. so that's where the the biggest challenge was and um, and and also the Yes, because like, what also helped it was that I built outside rooms at home, um, which I stayed in the outside room, which things got better because now I didn't interfere too much yeah. in terms of what is going on in the house. So also, I think when a person started having children, they they basically are family, so they need a space to actually yeah. do things the way they want to do things. But basically, we love each other so much, myself and my sister. I mean, yeah. I remember... Um, Yeah, the time I tried to commit suicide, she was in tears um, when wow. um, that happened. So we actually have the that we didn't yep. have the system yep. in place yep. that mitigates that. Thank
1: you. <laughs> Makosonga in Jablani. Listen, I'm going to take a quick, uh, we're going to take the news in a few seconds' time, but uh, Dr. Rose, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that you're taking some notes and uh, perhaps we'll be able to reflect on what Makosonga has got to say. We've still got quite a few calls uh, waiting for us after the news on 11 883 My guest is Dr. Jenny Rose. We're talking sibling rivalry. How are you dealing with What is the cause of it? Parents, give me a call. Could you have been the cause of it? It's Nothing.
3: And the second big thing that needs to be there is reparation. And reparation can only truly happen when people are accountable for the things that they do and are able to be responsible and take that accountability to say, like, I can recognize this is something I did and I have remorse for this. I'm sorry that I did this because that reparation is the key to making a better relationship.
1: I want to take a call from Tracy and then uh, take a quick break. Pay the rent um tracy good uh, good morning to you. your thoughts.
3: Um, hi Aubrey. Uh, yes, I'd like to contribute to sure. the to the topic yeah um, so so I have a very toxic relationship with my sister. Mm. Um, we are three kids I'm the eldest of three. I have a younger sister and a younger brother. The relationship between my brother and I are fantastic. I mean, we have no issues whatsoever. Yeah. Unfortunately, the more I try to have a relationship with my sister, the more it seems to go south. And um, I think the reason is because my sister is unfortunately divorced. Um, she has a she has a she has a daughter. Unfortunately, the dad isn't as present in her life as he should be and neither is my sister as present in my niece's life. So I've stepped up as the aunt, Mm. take care of my niece and my sister seems to think that I'm taking
2: her daughter Mm. away from her. Mm. That's
3: not the case. I have done absolutely everything in my power to say to her that I have not taken your child away from you. I am only doing what any Sensible or reasonable person can do. I love my sister yeah. with all my heart. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely love my sister. I have no issues with her at all, and I'm and I'm, I'm I'm not able to take my niece away from her. I'm just doing what I need to do yeah. to make sure this child yeah. has a future. Yeah. Um the issue is that every things can go well with my sister for a while, and then every three months, four months, it just goes down again. And I feel like I've reached a point where I either have to buy my sister's love, if I, which is, which is ridiculous, but I either have to buy her love or oh. I've reached a point now where I have to just divorce myself away from <laughs> my sister. But it's hard because it places my niece in a very vulnerable situation
1: but 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 also also Tracy, you 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 love your sister, so you also at some level weeping and crying out for a relationship with your sister that seems not to to be catching fire. I think that there's also your side of, of of the of the situation where you too need a connection with your sister that's not happening, right?
3: I've tried to build a connection with bringing both my parents in to intervene, um unfortunately, my mom. Is that she is, you know, caught between the two mm, of us. My dad mm. has reached a point where he cannot try and, you know, reconcile the two of us. So,
1: do you do you, th- do you think time, your sister loves you?
3: I don't. I don't know because yeah. if if you truly loved your daughter, you would appreciate that whatever I'm doing for your daughter's future. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, I'm doing this for your daughter. Because you and your ex-husband have dropped the ball in could it could it be
1: could it be Tracy? Because I've I've got to I've got to take a call. Yeah. Could it be that the toxicity rises out of precisely that—that that you you my... let, let me let me let me try and, and, and explain and, and and then we're going to allow Doctor Rose to help us out, right? Could it be that it's not that she doesn't appreciate what you're doing for your niece, her daughter, but that. It highlights her failure. Do you see what I'm trying to say? That, yeah. it, that, that, that 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 it's not that she's not appreciative of what you're doing. But what you're doing highlights a, an aspect of her life that she has not been able to to handle. And that makes her feel bad. I, I want to stop uh, because I've got to take a break. But I'd I, I love Dr. Rose to... Uh, to, to help us out on this one And I, I, can, I can hear you I can hear your voice I can hear your, your need For this to be resolved Tracy So please l- listen hard right? Uh, and, and, and let's hear what Dr. Rose has to say Let's take a quick break And then uh, Dr. Jenny Rose is going to weigh in On uh, Tracy's uh, reality
2: 702 Family matters
1: Sibling rivalry is the conversation at the moment uh, Dr. Rose You heard Tracy's call What do you make of it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, again, there's definitely truth in your reflection. I think very often we see things from our own perspective. And Tracy is obviously seeing this from her perspective, where there's a lot of hurt. And she can recognize that she's actually doing wonderful things to try and help her niece. And that we would expect that there should be such gratitude for that, which is absolutely understandable. But I think there's the other side of the coin, which is the perspective of her sister, and that is that the more Tracy steps up to help, the more it highlights how much she can't do yeah. and how much she has dropped the ball. Yeah. And that's a really difficult thing for a lot of people to acknowledge, their own mistakes, their own sense of failure, especially when it impacts sort of the biggest things in our lives, our mm. most important job, which is around parenting. And so it's hard to reconcile that, to be both sort of thankful. For something and to be able to hold on to what that means about our own reflections of our own capacity and i think you know what what tracy's sitting with is this is one of the most complex and difficult psychological sort of things that we have to deal with in life and that is where we can only take accountability and we can only reframe and reflect mm. and shift and change ourselves and sometimes there are relationships that no matter what we do and what tools we apply and how much we rethink things and we can do all the work, but the other person is unwavering and they just stay where they are. And that can be really difficult mm-hmm. because even when we can recognize that it could be for the greater good and it would probably do them good and it would be good for the greater family, we cannot shift that relationship. And so this is a really tough one when we have to say, I've done everything I can and I'm still not getting the outcome that I desire. And sometimes we have to go through that psychological process of mourning that relationship and accepting the loss of that relationship. And even if that's just the loss of the picture of what you thought that relationship would look like, that maybe it isn't the relationship you have in your head. And maybe you have to give a new definition to what that relationship looks like. Um, And that's a very, very complex and hard sort of psychological task.
1: Oh, and, and I can hear the pain. I mean, I can hear the absolute pain in, in Tracy's voice uh, and, and the resignation, the, the fatigue. Hey, uh, 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 Jenny, I mean, it, it just sounds like an unforgiving reality here, huh?
3: Absolutely. And I think that's the element of loss that we speak to is that, you know, we often say in psychology that we mourn relationships that yeah. are still alive, that are still here in our lives but we mourn them as if they are not because we mourn the idea of what we fantasize yep. for that relationship. Yep. We mourn the fact that we maybe don't have the loving and kind mother that we wished we had, and we've got a mother that maybe isn't present and isn't maternal and, you know, a lot of other difficult things. And sometimes we have to let go of this picture, this sort of ideal fantasy picture that we had hoped for our whole life, and we have to mourn the loss of that sort of wishful fantasy picture so that we can eventually move to a position where we are able to accept what our current picture looks like. It's a distorted picture. It might not be the picture that we wanted it to be, but it's a different relationship and it still exists there. But in order to accept this relationship, we have to let go of the one that we have dreamt of or kind of held in our mind for years. Let's
1: take a call from Neville in Edenvale. Hi, Neville. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, man. Go ahead, sir.
2: Okay. Um, I only met my sister about a year and a half ago. I'm already fifty eight years old. She she was given up some for adoption when she was a baby. but both the same parents. Um, she came she lives very far away. She lives in Nicaragua. And she came out here last year for the first time. And we had four
1: Hello Neville. I, I just lost you. Uh uh she came from Nicaragua and
2: No, she visited me for four Farm, which was quite amazing. Right. Uh, then she was gonna move back to South Africa and then she heard out she's got stage four cancer. Mm. So she's she hasn't got much longer to live. Yeah. So I went to Nicaragua to visit her. Which was, was good. Um But now I want to go back to Nicaragua, but my wife is against it. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) You know. And why? Why why is your wife against it? I think it's just jealousy, you know, because all of a sudden there's somebody new in my life.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry about that, Neville. And it obviously hurts you, right?
2: Yeah, no, obviously. (laughs) You know, look. Sure. I think I'm going to go regardless, but you know, it's obviously going it to create complications. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm sorry about that, my brother. Let me let's hear what uh, Jenny has to say. Jenny.
3: Well, I think the first thing is that yes, you do have somebody new in your life. That's absolutely a reality, and and what a wonderful opportunity to connect with your sister. And you know, I can have empathy and understand your wife's perspective that it has evoked feelings of insecurity and that sort of thing, but. This is the thing about family relationships, especially ones that come about years and years down the line, is that there is something about this loyalty and this um, our roots and this sense of family that is just intrinsically there. And there's a pull towards that for so many people. And so, you know, for you to not take that pull and act on that pull, I think what will happen is you will become resentful of your wife down the line for not being able to engage with your sister like that. And especially given the extra sort of contextual element of the fact that she may not have all that much time left because she is obviously struggling, a life-threatening disease. And so, you know, this is now, you have already lost 58 years of connection and now you are having to make up for that lost.
1: Hello, um, Jenny, you still there?
3: Yes, I'm here. Sorry. S- s-
1: sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I-, I think I think I crossed my lines there for a second. Uh, no, you you no, were still no. saying, yeah?
3: Yeah. No, uh, Just you know, this, this tricky thing about circumstance circumstances that you've already, you've, you've lost 58 years of connecting because yeah. you've only discovered each other now. And you also are potentially facing losing the future. And so you really have this unique situation where you haven't got the past, you haven't got the future, you really only have the present. And so I can understand that that pull is all that much stronger. And the reality is that if you don't act on that pull, it's going to breed a lot more animosity and resentment in your marital relationship. And that's what your wife sort of needs. How does he,
1: how does he, how does he, how does he hold the space? How does he make his wife understand that he still loves her, but he is looking for the opportunity for a relationship with his, uh, with his sister?
3: Well, I think the first thing is inclusion. I think it's really tricky to navigate a new relationship if it feels like that relationship is replacing another relationship. So if you, if his wife, if Neville's wife can see that actually it's not about replacing her or taking her place or her role, but rather an additional person that comes into their life. That's a very different way of seeing it
1: and understanding it. Dr. Jenny Rose, I have to stop. I have to stop. I've got producers jumping around me telling me I've run out of time. Please let us know. How do we follow you?
3: You can follow me on Instagram at Dr. Jenny Rose. I give lots of
2: um, nuggets and wisdom. 702. Family Matters.
1: Sibling rivalry is the conversation at the moment. Uh, Dr. Rose, you heard Tracy's call.
3: What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I think again, there's definitely truth in your reflection. I think very often we see things from our own perspective. And Tracy is obviously seeing this from her perspective where there's a lot of hurt and she can recognize that she's actually doing wonderful things to try and help her niece and that we would expect that there should be such gratitude for that, which is absolutely understandable. But I think there's the other side of the coin, which is the perspective of her sister. And that is that the more Tracy steps up to help, the more it highlights how much she can't do and how much she has dropped the ball. And that's a really difficult thing for a lot of people to acknowledge, their own mistakes, their own sense of failure, especially when it impacts sort of the biggest things in our lives, our Mm. most important job, which is around parenting. And so it's hard to reconcile that, to be both sort of thankful for something and to be able to hold on to what that means about our own reflections of our own capacity. And I think, you know, what, what Tracy's sitting with is this is one of the most complex and difficult psychological sort of things that we have to deal with in life and that is where we can only take a and we can only reframe and reflect mm. and shift and change ourselves and sometimes there are relationships that no matter what we do and what tools we apply and how much we rethink things and we can do all the work but the other person is unwavering and they just stay where they are and that can be really difficult mm. because even when we can recognize that it could be for the greater good and it would probably do them good and it would be good for the greater family, we cannot shift that relationship. And so this is a really tough one when we have to say, I've done everything I can and I'm still not getting the outcome that I desire. And sometimes we have to go through that psychological process of mourning that relationship and accepting the loss of that relationship. And even if that's just the loss of the picture of what you thought that relationship would look like. That maybe it isn't the relationship you have in your head and maybe you have to give a new definition to what that relationship looks like. Um, And that's a very, very complex and hard sort of psychological task.
1: Oh, and, and I can hear the pain. I mean, I can hear the absolute pain in, in Tracy's voice uh, and, and the resignation, the, the fatigue. Hey, Jenny, uh, 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 I mean, it, it just sounds like an unforgiving reality here, huh?
3: Absolutely. And I think that's the element of loss that we speak to is that, you know, we often say in psychology that we mourn relationships that yeah. are still alive, that are still here in our lives but we mourn them as if they are not because we mourn the idea of what we fantasize yep. for that relationship. Yep. We mourn the fact that we maybe don't have the loving and kind mother that we wished we had and we've got a mother that maybe isn't present and isn't maternal and, you know, a lot of other difficult things. And sometimes we have to let go of this picture, this sort of ideal fantasy picture that we had hoped for our whole life and we have to mourn the loss of that sort of wishful fantasy picture so that we can eventually move to a position where we are able to accept what our current picture looks like. It's a distorted picture. It might not be the picture that we wanted it to be, but it's a different relationship and it still exists there. But in order to accept this relationship, we have to let go of the one that we have dreamt of or kind of held in our mind for years. Let's
1: take a call from Neville in Edenvale. Hi, Neville. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, man. Go ahead, sir.
2: Okay. Um, I only met my sister about a year and a half ago. I'm already 58 years old. She, she was given up some for adoption when she was a baby. Both the same parents. Um, she came, she lives very far away. She lives in Nicaragua. And she came out here last year for the first time. And we had four. Hello
1: Neville I I just lost you Uh, uh, She came from Nicaragua And
2: No She visited me For Forks Which was Quite amazing Right Uh, Then She was going to move back To South Africa And Then she heard out She's got stage 4 cancer Mm. So she's She hasn't got much Longer to live Yeah So I went to Nicaragua To visit her Which was, Was Good Um. But now I want to go back to Nicaragua, but my wife is against it. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) You know. And why? Why Why is your wife against it? I think it's just jealousy, you know, because all of a sudden there's somebody new in my life.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry about that, Neville. And it obviously hurts you, right?
2: No, no, obviously, <laughs> you know. Look, sure. I think I'm going to go regardless, but you know, it's obviously going to create complications. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm sorry about that, my brother. Let me let's hear what uh, Jenny has to say, Jenny.
3: Well, I think the first thing is that yes, you do have somebody new in your life. That is absolutely a reality, and and what a wonderful opportunity to connect with your sister. And you know, I can have empathy and understand your wife's perspective that. It has evoked feelings of insecurity and that sort of thing. But this is the thing about family relationships, especially ones that come about years and years down the line, is that there is something about this loyalty and this um, our roots and this sense of family that is just intrinsically there. And there's a pull towards that for so many people. And so, you know, for you to not take that pull and act on that pull I think what will happen is you will become resentful of your wife down the line for not being able to engage with your sister like that. And especially given the extra sort of contextual element of the fact that she may not have all that much time left because she is obviously struggling, a life-threatening disease. And so, you know, this is now, you have already lost 58 years of connection and now you are having to make up for that lost time.
1: Hello, um, Jenny, are you still there?
3: Yes, I'm here. Sorry. S- yeah.
1: Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think I think I crossed my lines there for a second. Um, okay, you, you, you were no, still saying, yeah?
3: Yeah, no, I just said, you know, the tricky thing about the circumstance is that you've already, you've, you've lost 58 years of connecting because yeah. you've only discovered each other now. And you also are potentially facing losing the future. And so you really have this unique situation where you haven't got the past. You haven't got the future; you really only have the present, and so I can understand that that pull is all that much stronger. And the reality is that if you don't act on that pull, it's going to breed a lot more animosity and resentment in your marital relationship, and that's what your wife sort of needs to
1: needs. How does he? How does he? For. How does he hold the space? How does he make his wife understand that he still loves her, but he is looking for the opportunity for a relationship with his uh, with his sister?
3: Well, I think the first thing is inclusion. I think it's really tricky to navigate a new relationship if it feels like that relationship is replacing another relationship. So if you, if his wife, if Neville's wife can see that actually it's not about replacing her or taking her place or her role, but rather an additional person that comes into your life. That's a very different way of seeing it and Do, understanding it. Dr.
1: And Jenny Rose, I have yes. to stop. I have to stop. I've got producers you know jumping around me telling me I've run out of time please let us know how do we follow you
3: you can follow me on instagram at dr jenny rose i give lots of um, nuggets and wisdom there so lots of free resources and things for you to have a wonderful so give me a follow there
1: dr jenny rose clinical psychologist and parent child expert thank